Yeah. No videos. Yeah, Not be, dirty videos. You can be naked if you want to. Hey, that's a good aim. <laughs> opening intro. Thank you. Who are you looking at when you say that? I was just looking just generally <laughs> off in the distance. Okay. <laughs> alright, alright, quieten down now. Live from the Britain Yankee Pub Studios. Another Britain Yankee Craft Beer Pubcast. I can hear the pints being pulled right now. Not a while doing, bring the drums in, let's have a party. Pump up the bitter. Shh, test it. Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Take it away, lad. You are paying for that beer, aren't you? Pump up the bitter. Pump up the bitter. Hey, welcome to a, a rather different podcast from the Britain Yankee. We're not in the Britain Yankee, but I am with my wonderful guest co-host, Mr. Chuck Fort from Church Street. Hello, 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 hello. Oh, you've changed your yes, opening I have. again. I have. I change it all the time. <laughs> Good man. All right. Um, and actually, we do have uh, another guest host with us tonight, um, who used to be the host or the guest host until he buggered off to Boise, Idaho. And that's Mr. Mark Nasky. How you doing, Phil? I've tried to become here as often as I come. You have indeed. And we still actually, if I get this one out before the other one we recorded, we've got a special on Boise beers. That you, well, every beer up in the West, right? We, <laughs> we taste them and he, he brings them, we taste them. But today uh, you may hear a slight echo because we are in a tap room. And we're in St. Charles. We're actually in a tap room. Not only does it serve great craft beers, but it's a cidery and winery. And the name of this is? It's Broken Bricks, downtown St. Charles, Illinois. And speaking was? I am Ed Seaman. I'm the owner, winemaker, cider maker, and I'm here with my son, Mike, who is uh, the tap room manager. He brings in all the crafty beers and is responsible for the wonderful uh, selection that we have here in-house. Hello, hi, Mike. Hi there. There you go. He's a man of few words, but he, he serves the beer, so he's good. Yeah. Um, so we, we came in here um, a couple of weeks ago. In fact, you were there, Mark. It was about three weeks ago. Yes, we came sir. in, and uh, we kind of sat down and had a beer, and then you brought out some ciders mm -hmm. and said, hey, this place is not really for craft beer. It's a cidery. And I went, whoa, really? Uh, let's taste some of your wares. And we did, and I thought they were rather deliciously extraordinary because there were things I'd never tasted before. Well, th thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, being from England, you must uh, get your hands on quite a few ciders yourself. Um, in the old days, when I was a, a ute, um, I grew up with Scrumpy down in Devon and Cornwall, okay. which is very much a unfiltered, mm -hmm. kick-your-ass cider. Yeah. Um, and had many a day uh, drinking three or four pints of it and then sleeping the night off. But, <laughs> but cider is not a beer style. Am I correct? You, you are correct. Cider is technically a wine. 
as anything made from fruit is technically wine. Anything made from grain, of course, is beer. And that includes sake, which some people find as being called rice wine. It's, it's truly a beer. Uh, and then we also uh, make our Not own... Meat, so mead kind of comes in the middle somewhere. Mead is, mead is just mead. But mead is actually a BJCP style, if I'm correct. Well, as, as a yeah, nod from yeah, Mark. Right, yeah. Right. yeah, correct. Right, so Doesn't necessarily mean it's a beer. Oh, I'm well, so meat, confused. Meat, <laughs> meat is for the furious Vikings that want to go out and uh, pillage villages <laughs> in the countryside. And uh, that's why they are so cranky in the morning, because this stuff packs a pretty good kick. Cranky Vikings. Cranky Vikings. Hey, we just invented another beer name. I might Cranky use it on Vikings. a light label. <laughs> hey, good, what, what are you going to make for that in Church Street, Chuck? Come on. Uh, the, yeah, Andrew's our uh, name guy, so throw that one past him. I'll oh, sure put that one to Andrew then. All right. So back to cider. So um, we're on the corner of Route 64 and 3rd Street. Yes. And as you come into the tap room through the corner door, you're faced with a bar. But then if you look further down this uh, building, you'll see homebrew supplies. Correct. That's where we started. That's where you started, right? As the homebrew shop here. And I think we actually did a show way back with you on the homebrew shop. We came down. Yeah, that must have been three years ago. Yeah, yeah four years yeah, ago. Uh, at that's least. where I started out homebrewing. That's where I started out buying all my stuff that was coming here, you know. Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. right, right. And this is where the reason, homebrewing is the reason why uh, we're here. I met Mark Nasky at a party and... He was uh, chomping on some fish that I got out in Alaska, and he said, this is delicious. And, uh, well, the rest is history. And the rest is history. And, and did you go home with him? Oh, we went fishing together, of oh, course. Oh, just fishing. Okay. Well, yeah. you said it was a party. I just didn't know where Not it was. that kind of party. Oh, no, okay. All right. No. Not that uh, there's anything wrong with it. Not that there's anything wrong with it. <laughs> Jeez, you have to say that. <laughs> All right. So um, if you go further back from the homebrew, then there's this glass wall slash door. Yes. And that's where the magic happens. That's the right? production room. That is a, uh, that's our winery. And Broken Bricks, which is a registered trademark of our um, our product, that's our labeling, and uh, it's a DBA, doing business as. We still have the uh, corporate name, Home Brew Shop LTD, but Broken Bricks is the um, winery name, and it's spelled B-R-I-X. Bricks is another name for sugar, and my building was falling apart, and it was a combination play of... Uh, well, let's see, the bricks are falling off the wall and the building's falling apart. And when you ferment sugar, it breaks down as well. So we're just kind of playing that. Uh, there's a story behind the broken bricks. And I think when I was here before, you were telling me that you have to sell the cider you make to yourself. Yeah, it's kind of strange. I mean, that's a bonded area. So when it comes out of bond, it James. Of course. James Bond? Yes. Okay. Shaken, not stirred. All right. And uh, nice once, once it comes out of the winery production area, then the excise tax need to, needs to be paid. So you technically sell it to, from, the, from the winery to the retail side. So I'm selling it to myself. Which, which means I'm paying taxes on it. Yeah, right. That's right. That's what we wanted to get out. Mr. Taxman, he's paying his taxes. All right. Yes. So I said, okay, we want to try your delicious ciders, of which you okay. have three currently on tap. I have three on tap. And I have bookended 
your ciders with two that I brought in, not knowing anything about it other than okay. the fact that I know English cider. So I went out and I got an Aspals dry English cider, which apparently was established. Aspals was established in 1728. That's almost 5.30 in military time. Mm. Or the other way around, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's just a couple of years after you were born, right? Yeah, it was. Thank you very much. And then at the end of it, I've, I've added something in that hopefully will cross the cross the barrier, if you will, into uh, brewing because we have one from California from Crispin Brewing Company. Correct. Well, I don't know if they're Crispin Brewing, but they're Crispin Cider Same Company. Route. It's called The Saint, and it is an artisanal reserve unfiltered hard cider which has Belgian Trappist yeast and pure maple syrup in it. So... We're going to finish up with that one and see if your ones beat beat them all. Right? Okay. We'll, we'll, so we're we'll going to we're we're going nice to now. Here. So you net. So you, so Mr. Barman, Mike, you're yeah. going to have to go and get a couple more so we can sample all of the uh, Aspel's English cider. Now this is crafted, as they say here. Uh, everything's crafted these days in Suffolk, England, and it is 6.8% alcohol, which I don't know, does cider run the gamut of ABVs? Well, it all starts with the original uh, bricks, if you will, the gravity, and typically you can determine the alcohol contents by knowing the amount of alcohol, sugar, knowing the amount of sugar you start with, which determines the ultimate alcohol content. and. Um, you'll see on a lot of ciders that they're going to be just under 7% alcohol. Okay. And there's, there's a few reasons for that. Uh, one reason is um, excise tax. It, it jumps up at a certain point. And then um, labeling requirements. Anything under 7% alcohol does not require a uh, label approval by COLA. Anything over does. What's so, uh, Conditional of label approval. Oh really? Oh, yeah, is that it's, a, it's a government. It's a part of the ATF? TTB. Yeah, it's all part of that um, TTB, TTB process. Okay. Correct. Okay. So you, end, you you submit a label to them and then they reject it, which is part of the process. <laughs> and then you can then even it, if it's okay, they reject it. Yes, because it's it's under the alcohol limit that they're that you're required to get a label approval for. Okay, I got so many ciders in front of me. I yes, had to this, co- this confirm like, which one I like had fun. to get here. This okay. Is, so, English, yeah, English cider, so, so which is this one? Oh, okay. that's, that's, that's the other one. Okay. That's what right. call, it's, an, it's not a true scrump, scrumpy where the bits and pieces are floating in, in, the, uh, in the liquid. It's an unfiltered version of the same that we're trying okay. here. You will notice flavor uh, differences as well between the two. Well, I bloody well hope we'll notice flavor differences between the five. So is the appropriate way to sample and taste cider the same as uh doing it with beer which is to you know swing it around look at it sniff it I, sure and i mean you, all your all your olfactory you want to pull in pull in much that you can smell um visually uh you can look at it as well i mean this one this one here is a little cloudy the english one is not right um and that's and that's the first one we're trying now yeah I noted that there was a lot of dry ciders. Can you tell us what does that mean? Dry means fermented, completely fermented, and no residual sugar. Um, there are some ciders, like it, I was reading the label on this Crispin, that uh, additional apple juice was added after fermentation, provide a little bit of sweetness. Um, when when um, the apple juice ferments, it's completely uh, down to no more sugar left, you have the acid that remains, you have the apple flavor and character, you have your alcohol, and sometimes a little bit of sweetness to uh, bring back that ap- 
apple character is add it back in just before bottling. What um, is the most common apple variety that's used? Well, we don't use one apple. We use a variety, a blend of apples. And what you want to try to do uh, when, when making cider is have a balance between sweet, acidic, and bitter apples. So I talk to the farmer, I say, this is the profile I'm looking for. You're gonna go out to your orchard, pick a variety, a percentage of this many sweet, say 50% sweet, 25% acidic, and 25% bitter. So you're looking for complexity so that you can put together a, a well-balanced product rather than something that's just very monotonic. So are they using, Chuck and Mark, are they using apples the same way as you would use hops to adjust the flavor and the bitterness and the aroma? No, I don't think so. Uh, the, when he talks about uh, sugars and all that kind of stuff, I, I don't, hops is just a bitterness and aroma and flavor thing, but um, his bitter part, I think, is big, big, because, but the, the sweet part is like what kind of malt you put in. And then the bitter part would be the hops, like like 25% to me is the, that hop part. The, because then we also can use acidic malts and, and get that, uh, that character into the beer. So I said 25% would be correct answer from my perspective. Okay. Yeah, you have to balance. Um, everything has to be balanced. We use hops to balance beers out. He's using different apples to balance things out. Same thing. Right. You, yeah. you, you don't want to go too much onto the bitter side. Uh, a bitter apple, for those of you that would like to understand what that is, it's like a crab apple. It's something you, oh, yeah. you bite, you spit it out. It, oh, no, technically crab it's apple called jelly a is one of my favorites. Right. Crab apple jelly. Right, yeah. so, you know, when, when, you're, when you have an apple and you ferment out all the sugar, you need to, um, these other characters in the, in the types of apples that we have uh, will bring across the complexity and the balance for the uh, particular cider. Uh, I got a question, Ed. Now, if you if you didn't use the others, you just ferment out all the sugar. Would you have alcoholic undertones then in the cider? Maybe. I'm not aware of that. I'm not really sure. Um, okay. But I have made a single uh, vintage or single variety of cider, and it to me it was a little bit um, one one dimensional, kind right. of flabby, if you will. Yeah. I, I took uh, Macintosh apples. Mm. And we we had bushels of them and we just made it straight straight cider and it, it's not very complex the they're point. lacking they're very lacking when you when you don't have the blend but you know you know the best time to to pick macintoshes i don't know when it's <laughs> when it's raining <laughs> and with that we'll take a quick break So we, so we come back and, and we're comparing um, the first cider from Ed's offering. Correct. The Broken Brick. What's it called? Broken Bricks. Oh. Social Scrumpy. Social Scrumpy. Social Scrumpy. Okay. And this is the one I have here. So um, the Aspal Dry English Cider, which we've used as a very arbitrary baseline, mm -hmm. 
uh, if how's that pronounced again exactly? I call it aspal. Okay. Yes, and and it comes that. from ass. Oh, yeah. yes, it's only one S in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's actually um, a, a Molson Coors product because they bought the Aspel Cider Molson. Company um, a while back. And so they produce that. Um, any more history on that? It's in Suffolk in England. I'm not, I hate to say it, but I'm not exactly certain where Suffolk is, but I think it's East England. It's in England. Yeah, there we go. Thank you. So now we're gonna now we're gonna sample yours. So tell us about your the, your baseline, your social scrum. This is our base cider that we use for all the products that we have on the table on the bar right now. So the difference between the one we're drinking now and the next one is going to be filtered. And you'll notice that you retain a little more character in the product by not filtering it. But as you can see, it's a big difference in. I hope your uh, audience yeah. can see. <laughs> they can't see. I will, I will take a picture. <laughs> Keep talking, I'll take so, a picture. So that the filtered version is more eye-appealing than the unfiltered version. And... Um, is it darker? It's the same, it's the exact same batch. It, the only thing... But because it's a little bit cloudy, oh. so I might, so these might are give both you a little color. These are both mine. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, gotcha. So, okay, I'll take that combo. I don't yep. know if it's going to be easy to see, though. But anyway, okay. So, so it's, it's just a little bit of difference in flavor. You're going to find uh, maybe in the unfiltered version something I called like bruised or overripe apple. You get some of those characters. Uh, when, it, when it finishes, you should be able to pull up some of the uh, tannin in, in the product. It kind of dries your mouth out, mm -hmm. which is good, kind of like a hop. Puts a little bitterness in there in the finish and then makes you want to take another drink. So that's all part of the magic of making cider so mark i know how you're not big on sweet things and i think cider can be considered to be fairly sweet compared to a lot of beers but you've you've tasted our production one and then you've tasted ed's what sort of comparison can you make well my comparison is that this what came out of england is more like home brewish if we say beer in beer terms and Ed's is more like mainline easy drinking it, 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 it's like has more well-rounded uh, character than than what came out of bottle that's a little bit more artisanal maybe that would be my, my Ooh, word. Do you think it's the more carbon you think Ed's is a little more carbonated? Yes, possibly? probably. Yes, I did. Yes, I, did. I, think, so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's, a little, it's a little brighter I think, yes. somehow. So yeah. it seems to me that most ciders have a big fizz in them. Right, that seems to be a profile for them because a flat cider is like a flat beer. It's really not very tasty, right? Flat cider is going to be more like a, a still like wine. An apple juice. And th this, this, our cider, I tend to uh, compare it to sparkling wine, if you will. I want to have that level of carbonation. It's much higher carbonated than a standard beer. Uh, I'm running at. I'm running my um, pressure at uh, 22 psi at 38 degrees Fahrenheit. And so, somehow yours is like very. I think it's very different to the one that we first had. I mean, I can taste the difference. And um, given the two, I think I'd rather have yours because there is more character to it. So. Well, you the know, characters are around the bar as well. Yeah, they are. They yeah, are. we're enjoying that. <laughs> So tell us how you got into making cider, because you also make wine. I make wine as right. well, and the reason why I've, I went with cider, there's, there's a couple of reasons. Our liquor license came in in um, late to, 
late fall, mid to late fall, and we missed the grape harvest, but we were still in plenty of time for the apple harvest. And so I filled up the 1,000 liter tanks with a couple batches of um, cider, and uh, this is where we're at with that right now. We, I wanted to cut, you know, kind of cut my teeth, if you will, or uh, kind of learn how to do this process because I've had plenty of experience making five gallon, six gallon batches. But when you go into a 250 gallon batches, it's not linear the way things that, that you would think it would be. You just don't add um, the same amount of yeast that you do to a five. You have to do some calculations. You have to um, also appease the uh, regulators, the, the, the Food and Drug Administration, I think, has uh, like rules that we have to follow on, think, on the items that we can add. I think that's been one of the more difficult parts is we can't really do exactly our, our exact recipes that we've had. We have to follow some of the, the federal government's rules on what we can actually do in our ciders and wines. I mean, if I add sugar for sweetening, I have to create invert sugar to uh, add it to my product. I just can't take What's table invert su sugar? Invert sugar is you take uh, table sugar and you add... You turn it upside down. And, yeah. Well, you add acid to it oh. and you heat it up and then the acid, acid will break the sugar down into a, a simpler glucose chains. and fructose. Yeah, you're just basically breaking down the, t the, the chains of sugar and, and it inverts it from the, uh, the multiple chains. So what I heard there was also yeast being part of this. Is this the same process as making beer, where you know you've you've got your wort and you're making cool food it for down. yeast? Ah. You're making food for yeast, basically. You're just taking sugars. The yeast, depending on the yeast variety, can eat certain kinds of sugars, and they're, we're providing sugars as brewers from grain, but sugars come from apples as well. So they're in the and so that's basically the difference. So did you did you know that in a 2014 study? One pint of U.S. cider, mass market cider, contained five teaspoons of sugar, which is nearly <laughs> the amount that the World Health Organization recommends as an adult's daily allowance of added sugar. So sugar is a very big component in cider. Sugar is a big component in anything that we make. It's, it's, it's what's going to create the, uh, the alcohol. We do add a small amount of sugar after um, fermentation is done, and, and the reason for that is the apple uh, product ferments to dryness, and you need to add a little bit of sugar to bring back the fruit character and to balance that off the acidity as well. Another thing we do in our uh, fermentation process is we add malolactic bacteria, so we change the malic acid uh, into lactic acid, which makes it softer. It's, it's a little easier on the on the palate. You're not re, you're not eliminating the acid. You're just converting the acid into a different type of acid. I can say that our cider has nowhere near that amount of sugar um, left behind in it. Ours our, we we ferment our cider to completion and then just add a very small amount of sugar back to it. Probably. 75 to one, 1 is the ratio. Yeah, so very, very small amount. So I will take one gram of sugar to um, basically a wine bottle, a wine bottle but, 750 milliliters. Okay. And I think a lot of people get confused about sugar added to a product. You know, certainly when you look at the, uh, you know, the, the Bud Light advertising with corn sugar and all that big hullabaloo about that, people don't really understand that, that you're, you're giving yeast food and it takes the sugar, but then the sugar gets gets eaten by the yeast and turns into alcohol and CO2 and all that kind of stuff, you know? So, so what you're saying that there's not much high, 
high sugars that don't ferment in, in cider, right? No, they're very simple. It's very simple sugars. 100% fermentable. And it's 100% yeah. fermentable. There's no oh, residual right. sweetness left behind like there is in beer. Okay. Yeah, yeah because uh, the, as I say, the reason I brought that up is that I do find ciders to be sweeter in their drinking, in the drinking. Wow, and they're also very fizzy because I'm getting the burps <laughs> now. Um, but after you've had a sip or two, it tends to settle down and then you start, just like with beer, with the third sip, you start to get some nuances in right. it and the dryness comes through or perhaps another flavor comes through. Now, we've already started on your second um, cider, so which I, I'm going to say, compared to Social Scrumpy, is like its refined brother. It is. It's been filtered and it's a lot less uh, complex in the flavor profiles. But What's this one called? This is uh, just called Standard Old Social Cider. You can oh, join the conversation. Standard Social Cider. Yes, <laughs> Social Cider. And then our tagline for Social Cider is join the conversation. Okay. And and so, yeah, I, I you know, what I, do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's almost a little little bit of, uh, in aroma of that, like apple peel or something like that. There's a little twist of that kind of stuff. Right. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm right saying that, but that's... What, I, what yeah, yeah, skin. That, come, that, yeah. that comes yeah. into mind first. Right. So yeah, that, that means that. you've got skin in the game. Hey! That's right. It was a dinger. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> so carry on. <laughs> I love the old English dark black humor here. Yeah. I, I love it. I love it. You but know, anyway, you, um, sorry. No, no worries. Um, yeah, so we, we've got two very nice, um, what I would call table ciders, if you will, that you could. Mm -hmm. potentially drink with any meal um the, I, cider is very refreshing and it's a to me it's a drink for the summer but obviously you're open in the winter we drink cider year-round uh, there are a few versions of cider that kind of are a little more warming and that's why we're going to get to our next one we take our our standard cider, we add cherry juice concentrate, that let that ferment out again by adding additional sugar, as Chuck was saying. Sugar is nothing more than food for yeast. Well, that cherry juice, it's Mount Morrissey cherry juice, which is another bitter cherry, not, a, not like a sweet Bing cherry. Typically used in pie making, cherry pies. Cherry pie. Cherry pie. Cherry pie, and that's, I also use that for winemaking as well when I make cherry wine. That ferments out to complete dryness again, and then we take the cider and put it in freshly dumped whiskey barrels. So what I'm trying to do is create a similar, what I would call a Manhattan style, like a Manhattan cocktail. So no you have no idea what that tastes like. You have no idea what <laughs> I've never Manhattan had one in my life. <laughs> I can see. I had one. I can see from here. Are you related to Pinocchio? <laughs> I, seriously, folks, I haven't had, never had a Manhattan cocktail. I don't drink. Hard liquor, okay. hardly, hardly any, so, you know. Well, a, well, a Manhattan cocktail has, has whiskey and, you know, um, cherry and, of course, sour, sour and fizz. Sour and they, makes, yeah. Bitters. Okay. bitters. Bitters, if you will. Well, but, well Mike, so is pour, pour, Mike is pouring out some samples. Yep. Let's take a real quick break. If you're making cider, what is your favorite music to listen to? Oh, I I just put on I just put on uh, Pandora, pick a um, pick a station. Pick a station. I, I like um, I like the blues. All right, the, the blues it is then. Yeah. 
mic has been very kindly poured out what looks to be like um, a cherry cordial. So you were telling us about this, so you put it into a barrel. So we, so ta we, we take our uh, base cider, which you've just tasted the first two versions of, we put that into another fermenter and then add cherry juice concentrate to it and let that re-ferment and finish the fermentation process. After that, we put the cherry cider into uh, freshly dumped rye whiskey barrels. And they sat in the rye whiskey barrel, barrel for two and a half months while the uh, product was in there picking up all these flavors. So with this uh, cherry cider, Mike has a great description uh, for it. Mike, you've got the mic. You're on. Let me take a sip first and I'll... Oh. <laughs> so um, you get a lot of vanilla from the barrel. Um, vanilla cherry pie is one of my favorite ways to kind of describe the cider. Uh, you also get a little bit of almond from the cherry and the barrel uh, combination there. Uh, the apple's in the background and the cherry's pretty dominant. Wow, there's not too much. Uh, I, I, you know, I always worry that the bourbon is just gonna just gonna kick the ass out of the flavor. And it, this one, it doesn't. The bourbon is, is it's subtle. Yeah, it's there, but it's not like overpowering, which so, is nice. So let's let's go back. I haven't even sipped. Well, I have sipped it when I came last. Start time, drinking, damn it. Let me go back to the aroma, okay? <laughs> okay. Um, Mark, you're a good you're a good sniffer. No. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> We continue saying these things. Okay, fine. What well, I, I agree with Mike, there's vanilla and then there's that almond kind of a character and the cherry itself is kind of subdued, I would say. It, it, and and uh, not much coming out of the barrel into the aroma. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I thought I, I got, I thought much, I got a little oakiness. Just you know? a li little bit of that wood is there, but not. I was expecting more. So, so you think that it's more of the whiskey? Yes, I think it's more of the whiskey. Yes. Okay. All right, cool. Do we have customers coming in? Yeah. Oh, well, that's okay. That's good. Oh, I just want to point out that we are recording this whilst you're open. Yes. So Mike has to dash off and service customers, if you'll pardon the expression. No so, problem. <laughs> so anyway, um, I'm going to sit this now. Tell us how and why you wanted to make something like this, because I don't think I've really tasted anything like this before well as a uh, home brewer amateur winemaker uh, we're allowed to experiment I mean you do whatever you think you want to do and you, you can certainly be creative with all of this I've uh, my original batch was I made a batch of cherry wine and uh, I made apple cider and you know I'm kind of sitting there drinking the cider and I said I opened the bottle hey, of by wine. By the way your customer is Mike from Stockholm. Yes that is Mike. Hey Mike from Stockholm how are you? <laughs> we'll give you a plug there we don't have our bell but you know ding ding if you're down in uh, Geneva go to Stockholm. Is it? Oh you guys are Oh he does have a bell wait a minute. Oh hold on hold on a second so and the customer is Mike from Stockholm. Yay! What well, now? There's a bell, my yeah. friend. You know when you break your equipment, you gotta come someplace. All right. Who's hey. is to the rescue? <laughs> Good man. All right. So come. I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm drinking the By cider. By the way, I do I... like your donger. That's a very good <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So meanwhile, back so I'm drinking this. my cider, right? And I'm sitting there, and I have this epiphany come over me. I just take my cherry wine, and I poured a little bit into the glass, and I said, "Wow." This works. I like apple pie. I like cherry pie. Why can't the two get together and play? I also like Manhattan cocktails, and that's where the whiskey component came in, and I decided to 
take the cherry cider and let it uh, get happy in a, in a uh, whiskey barrel. The first version of our cherry cider that we had on tap was not in the whiskey barrel. It went over quite well. Uh, definitely a lady pleaser because the ladies want to have something pretty sitting along next side, hey, next beside of them. It's enough with me, isn't it? And you? So, yeah, right. I mean that's all I need. And um, so that was that was the you know that was the light bulb that went on and just you know, decided to blend. I, I've blended a lot of different things, and it's just one of those things that worked out. So back to your history back in the annals of time, I think you were part of a homebrew club or the Chicago Beer Society or something, because that's how you and Mark yeah, got, we, first got talking. We, we met through um, DuPage's oldest uh, homebrew club, uh, the Urban Knaves of Grain, which... And we have the past president sitting yeah, beside <laughs> me. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I started homebrewing in the mid-90s, uh, making wine shortly thereafter, uh, bought the shop in 2001, and we've been, we've been at it ever since. Uh, we had a complete renovation on our building and uh, decided to put in a winery. And no offense to the beer brewing industry, but, you know, we're not trying to compete with all the breweries out there. Well, and I think in St. Charles right now, this is kind of a happening place. And you have got D&G Brewing right mm -hmm. up the street from you on 4th. You've got Riverlands over right. there, uh, close to Randall. We've got a couple you've, in Geneva. You've got Alta coming in. Right. Uh, you've got Pollyanna coming in. You have a couple in Geneva, Penrose, and of course you have Stockholm. So there we go. And, and, yeah. and just, just so you know, I loaned him the uh, block and tackle he needed to install his whining, yes, wine equipment. Because <laughs> we're all buddies here. We all work together. There you go. There you go. And, and Michael and, learned what a block and tackle was. <laughs> He thought it was a football thing, right? Yeah. You I mean, play, I know what a pulley You is, play soccer, though, don't you, Mike? Yeah, I actually do. Actually, actually that's football, right? Yeah. That's well, football. Yeah, yeah that's real football. Yeah, right. Um, where the hell were we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so your history. Your history, history on, on how, how the epiphany came to, yeah. you know, create a, a cherry cider. Um, it's just something that, that I thought would work, and it certainly did. So take care, uh, Mike. Take care. Cheers, Mike. Luck, there we go. Get a guest appearance by Mike from Stockholm. Excellent. There we Excellent. go. Ding ding. Uh, I'd love to get your bell again. Where'd you get that from? It's absolutely the biggest like handbell. So if you're a campanologist, you can come down here. It's a here. school bell. Oh, it's a school come bell. In, come in. Yeah. Blind. Yeah. Recess is over. Recess over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Call the kids in from the uh, yeah the the country fields and you know make sure they make Where'd it. Where'd you get it from? Oh, my wife. Picked it up at a garage sale like, for a dollar. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, we, we have the time, gentlemen, please, Bell, in the Britain Yankee yeah, pub, but it's not anything on that, I got to tell you. All right. So um, back to this. this okay. So okay. we have a lot of uh, bourbon barrel and whiskey barrel and any type of barrel uh, beers that are aged uh, in the craft beer environment. Yeah. Um, this is one of the first ones that I've tasted um, with a cider, and I, th I think that everybody should come along and try this because it, even if you don't like cider, this is something a lot very different. Yeah, I think that the bourbon barrel actually worked quite well with it. It'd be interesting to try it in wine barrels too at some point, but the bourbon barrel definitely works. I am certainly willing to uh, play around with different uh, media like that, wine barrels. Um, in fact, uh, we do have a batch of cider that's in a um, 
a, wh a whiskey barrel that I had, I had um, made, put, put beer in, totally cleaned out the barrel, and it really doesn't have any whiskey or beer flavor to it anymore. But it did retain some creatures that are uh, oh. ma making it kind of funky. So there's actually a pellicle on top, and it's it's very farmhouse like okay. and we're gonna we're gonna probably be blending some of that into some of these other ones to create complexity not only do i want to sell the product to our friends and family i also want to have some fun uh playing around with it what i can achieve with it and that's what it's all about mm, yeah i, I want to just comment that this is changing my opinion on cider i never had anything like this before i've had some those big commercial houses ciders and they know nowhere near what you have out there the, the refined beautiful flavors and aromas and and blend of flavors and all that stuff i never experienced that before Thank you, Mark. I'm, I'm not trying to get a product out and move it, you know, start it to f out the door in three weeks. I'm not, of course, I want to make money on the product, but I want to take time and I want to craft a product that's going to be um, bringing bring it around rave reviews, just like yours. Thank you. And uh, just make, make people aware of the different things you can do with cider. I have customers come in and they, oh, I don't like sweater, ciders, uh, it's too right. sweet. They'll, they'll try these. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, I go, just think apple champagne when you taste this. Yeah. If, you get, oh, if, you, if you get it, if you think apple champagne and they're drinking it and you see, you see the expression on their face, 95% of the time, it's a very happy expression. 5% of the time, People just don't like ciders. You're right. It, it, I, I just say I'm, I would be in one of those customers that say I'm not really, I don't really like ciders. Okay. Yeah. So I would mean, but and then now uh, after tasting this, I my I changed my opinion. But you're, the reason why you don't like them possibly is like for me is because um, my stomach's a little sensitive now. So it, ciders, a lot of the ones I try are too acidic for me. So acidic with the alcohol messes me up. These ones aren't like that. We, um, we actually take a winemaking technique um, on our ciders and uh, convert the acidity. So it's lactic acid, or um, yeah, it's yeah, malic acid originally, yeah. and we convert it into mal uh, lactic. lactic acid. Okay, okay. And that's what I was talking about earlier. Right. Yeah, you were talking about yeah. that earlier. And yeah, I got it. I, got, I understand what you're saying. That. So let me ask a question about different fruits with mm -hmm. ciders. Mm -hmm. The one that I know is pears, yes. and that is a perry. And back in the UK, they used to have champagne perry, which came in little tiny bottles sure. with a little pony on the side of it with bubbles coming out of it. And that was the drink that all the ladies have when they went into the pubs. We'd have, you know, a pint of bitter, they'd have a champagne perry. perry. So have you ever perried around? Ah, I, ha I have paired a few things together, and um, <laughs> I, I, I have made parry, and again, uh, you have to get the pears and kind of juice them out and go ahead and ferment it just like you, you would any apple cider. Now, you're not talking about Bartlett pears. You're talking about pears that are intended for making um, pear cider, parry. They're not the sweet pears. You want the hard crunchy pears similar to an apple and those are the pears that you're, you're going to want to head go ahead and, and um, make make this type of product from 
have you tried the Crispin? When I first tasted this, I feel like I get a little pear note to it. And it's funny you should bring up Perry because no, well, as, hold I'm, that as I'm thought. trying that. Let's hold that thought because we are going to come back. And as I said, we bookended your wonderful mm -hmm. pear, uh, ciders with the two I brought in, knowing nothing about it. So we'll come back in just a second and okay. talk about the saint. Yes. Do, 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 do. Okay, so we are back and we have Crispin, which I, again, once again, I know nothing about this place, but it's in Colfax, California. Um, and on the front of it, it says uh, made from, well, first of all, it says artisanal reserve unfiltered hard cider. And as you've poured it out, definitely unfiltered. This is what scrumpy would look like um, in England, right? Yeah. Um, made from fresh pressed American apples. Okay. Uh, with Belgian Trappist yeast and pure maple syrup. So when you see pure maple syrup on that, I automatically think it's going to be a little on the sweet side. Um, we well, poured this out. What do you think? Can well, you, have you tasted it? I have tasted it. Uh, the maple syrup will most likely ferment out. It is a um, completely fermentable type of uh, sugar. So I do get a little bit of uh, aroma in the... In, in, in the nose on the ma on the maple. Now the sweetness that you're getting in here is um, definitely apple juice concentrate or some type of finishing formula. It says it right on the back of the bottle. It does? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, that, that's, what I'm, that, that's what I'm getting out of that. Uh, he knows his stuff. And by the way, this particular bottle, which is a bomber size, uh, is only 230 calories for the entire bottle. Oh, wait a minute. That's for one serving. What's a serving? What's a serving? 1.83 <laughs> serving. Oh, 12 ounces. Okay. So 230 cash. So don't worry. But it says that sugars are 18 grams. I don't know if that's big or not. 18 grams per serving. So that's, that's says, basically yeah. one and a half grams per ounce. Okay. So, um, and we use, we use one gram of sugar for the entire bottle. The entire bottle. So this is sweet. This is sweet. Yeah, and, and I also say it doesn't have, it. I can taste the maple mm -hmm. right at the end. Mm -hmm. I don't know where the Belgian Trappist yeast comes in because I don't get any Belgian notes whatsoever. Not really. But I, what, I, what I do say is it has a very low carbonation. So yeah, I and, and it's it's really sweet. I agree with you guys. It's oversweet for me, but uh, and I get the aroma and the flavor of the maple somewhere there. But the Trappist yeast normally should give a funky kind of character to whatever you use it for. But it, I guess it, you have to have the different kind of sugars out of malt or something. You get it because it's not here. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it there isn't that much of it. Also, the acidity is higher in this. Uh, than any of the than, it, than the, any of the other ones, right. the acidity is higher, and you can get that yes. uh, on the back end when, uh, of the finish on this product. Yeah. Now so my, the sweetness will also counter the acidity as well, and that brings it more they, more into balance. That's yeah, why they, I'm kind of glad we finished with it because it leaves this sticky, cloying oh. 
character in your mouth, and if that was the first thing we started with, it would have been rough. We'll have to clear that out with a little more of your good stuff. Mark, many people may know that you are originally from Finland. Did you know that Finland has a cider that they call Golden Cap? Yes. Yeah, I, I know that, and I never really was a big fan of it, so... Um, uh, yeah, yeah, it's well well known. So, but I, I, it's not in my repertoire. Let's put it that way. Yeah, virtually all Finnish cider is produced from fermented apple or pear juice concentrate mixed with water, and is not cider as per the traditional description of the drink. Yeah. What have you got there? May I present one of my favorite ciders? It's uh, cider. Boucher Brut de Normandie. It's a French cider from uh, Normandy, which is the north um, western end the, of France. The, the what is it? The just beaches across, of Normandy, just across the channel. The right. beaches of Normandy. So we're going to try this. It's oh, a yeah? it's an wow. unfiltered, unpasteurized uh, cider, and really funky notes to it. It's, wow. it's what I what I really am achieving to accomplish with my my cider making. I kind of look up to these guys. So. Yeah, I was looking to find some something like that in, and I had to say I had went into Binnie's to, to search for a cider, but they didn't really have anything that was too exciting. Now, local, yeah, oh, oh. Oh! <laughs> I love it when you pop your cork in. <laughs> so, um, one of the things that, one of the, oh, now, by the way, you hadn't opened that bottle, right? But it only had a cork on it. It didn't have the oh, it carriage. Had a cage. Oh, it did. It, it did a have cage. a cage. Okay. All right. I, took it off. I was I was excited. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, the local cider producer that has come into a lot of the uh, breweries around here, because you can serve ciders, right? Yes, and, and the laws in Illinois have changed to make it really favorable for cider makers because they can have their product in all the different breweries now. And and. I have to say, wow, hang on a sec, because when he's pouring yeah, this you gotta get cider, a picture of that. I gotta get a picture before <laughs> this little sucker goes down. Yeah. That's the fizziest, heaviest looking well, head that I've seen on things for a long time. I mean, it's as it, carbonated as champagne. We have it's extremely effervescent. So, um, Crispin the Saint, I'm finish these guys. Um, it, it, it wrote a good story, but are we all agreed that it wasn't the one that we really liked. It's it's Crispin is probably um, like a gateway cider for somebody not uh, familiar with ciders and, and the people that like sweeter ciders. It's decent in that respect. Um, eh, it's just, it's just not where I'm at with the rest of these. So tell us a little bit about this Normandy cider that you really really like. They um. It's going to be very fun. We got so many. There's a lot of washing up to do here, Mark. That's fine. You're going to find that this uh, cider um, is unfiltered, unpasteurized, um, definitely natural natural yeast as well. And um, do they call the yeast on this one? So you you definitely get Britannomyces and and wild wild yeast in this uh, cider. I'm getting some parts playing. Yeah, oh getting yeah. some what? Say I'm again. getting some Horace blanket. It, it so is farmhouse cider. This is what I want okay. to make. Oh yeah, this is awesome. This is oh damn! Holy cow! I just smelt it. Yes. <laughs> this is this is so. What, this is what I'm achieving, trying to achieve. This is definitely the fun. Okay. All right. 
guys, this is the first time that I have really said, yes, this smells like a horse blanket. Yes. But I think it actually smells more like a horse stable <laughs> because you're getting not only the, the blanket, you're getting a little the, dong on it as the well. front end. Oh, <laughs> oh, the south end of a northbound horse. So how does... So, <laughs> How does the uh, <laughs> never mind? How does the how does this then balance when somebody gets this and smells it and says they haven't tasted it and I haven't tasted oh it and God. they go holy crap this is horrible smell but then when they taste it well it it's kind of like certain cheeses blue cheese you don't eat oh well Limburger Limburger with your nose you just eat it it's good it tastes great. Oh my God, and this is good. You right. would not know that this was not a potential Saison, farmhouse ale, some sort of Belgian-y thing. This has got more Belgian in it than the supposed Trappy Belgian yeast. Trappist yeast oh, in yeah, that. Yeah. Mark, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is the most complex we have tasted today, for, for sure. It has all sides of the book, I think, in this one. And that's why it's interesting to me, a new experience one more time. So, do you get many bottles of this? Because... I do. You know, um, if people listen to this, they want to come in and they want to try this. Yes, we, we carry this. Yeah. And it also, uh, on the taste the sell sheet, the tasting notes, uh, this type of product will uh, seller probably for up to... 2022. 2022. And it's 2016, so... Yeah. Oh, this is 26. Yeah. Wait a minute, where are we now? 19. Three years old already. <laughs> it's three years old. Yeah. It can go another three years and we'll develop complexity. We'll, we'll get a little more funky, but just like with anything else, it, once it reaches its peak, drink it. Yeah. You know, right. It, it, right. I've, seen, I've seen so many... Uh, sellers from friends of mine uh, long gone that they never had a chance to drink their products and uh, well drink it while you're here yeah. so tell <laughs> us tell us a little bit about the other products that you have here at Broken Bricks because to get this bottle Mike rushed off to a cooler and there's obviously a shitload of bottles in there do you have more <laughs> bottles of this oh for sure oh and there, there's and there's actually go. another um, French where do, where do you get this from? I mean, different distributors. Good God, plus, this is plus, amazing. Plus, one of the best Belgian distributors in the in the uh, state brings this one in. Yeah. Okay, well, give him a check mark because bring more. <laughs> yeah, uh, we also have another uh, French cider that's going a little more funky up that funky trail. Uh, we carry that as well. Same price point. They're fifteen dollars a bottle. Uh, well worth the money as far as I'm concerned for something like this. So you're paying these days for um, beers that come in bombers. You're paying you know, yeah, anywhere to from 10. 10 to 15 yeah. to $20 for some of the yeah. Imperial Stouts. So, you know, 15 bucks for a bottle of this. Oh, hello, wait a minute. That's we have Boris. the wonderful Boris. Boris somewhere. There's Boris. Hi, Boris. So tell us about Boris, Ed. Boris, speak, speak. Oh, he's told us himself. Well, that's a wonderful thing. So Boris, in case people uh, want to come down to Broken Bricks, is the, uh, the, the little dog who's a cockapoo. No, what yeah. is he? Cockapoo. Oh, and he likes to suck on what? Oh, corks. Excuse me? Oh. He's gone. Damn, he's gone. I gave him the cork. I gave him the cork. So yeah, um, We'll get a picture of him. Bro Broken, Broken Bricks is a winery and combined um, retail shop more like a fermentation emporium. We have our home brew shop, we have a production winery, cidery, 
We have a tasting bar. We have um, beer and wine bottle shop to uh, take take these lovely items home with you. Uh, you can sit here and drink just any just about anything we have in house. Um, Mike will get you a glass and fill it up, and hopefully you'll be a happy person. One of one of my goals with the beer that we bring in here, our drafts are constantly changing. We have eight draft beers. Uh, we have the potential for four draft ciders right now. We only have three, um, but. I, I hope that every time you, you come in here, as long as you don't come in every day, uh, you, you, you find out that we have a different draft beer for you to try. And we will, there's enough craft breweries in the country and in our state alone for us to achieve that for years to come. So tell us about our uh, tap handles. What do we, what do we try Wait to carry? I also questions here. No. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So um, our tap handles, we, we're always, we're, we're in a town that has a lot of sports bars and we'll get a lot of uh, walk-ins from the street and they're not too adventurous. Um, they're gonna look for something very classic and easy drinking. So I'll never carry Bud Light, Miller Light. I'm going to carry beers that will um, maybe try and convert someone over to craft beer drinking. So right now we've got um, a few beers actually that would help uh, convert a macro beer drinker over. Um, We've got Too Much Cologne from Crystal Lake, which is a Kolsch style, if you couldn't figure that out already. (laughs) Um, We have Dovetail out of Chicago, and they have a Hellas that's quite nice. And then another one that is kind of a step up, but it's still a a beer that will will convert the craft beer drinker over. Um, we've got a church, uh, Maybach from Church Street right now. You know well, those guys? How convenient. Yes. Yes. There you go. Thank you. There it is. Oh, there it is. There it goes, Boris. Hell is broken out here. Bells, bells. Yeah, what else you got? So that, those three will, will be the, the ones that help to bring those kind of beer drinkers over. But um, we also go seasonal. So the reason we're kind of heavy on, on lighter styles like that is it's coming into spring. I'm excited to drink lighter beers, um, so that's kind of why we, we have that. Right now we're, we have a um, Belgian tap handle, so we have a beer a tap handle dedicated to Belgian beers. Uh, which, we have Chimay Premier it's Red. made in Belgium. Yes, exactly. We have Chimay Premier Red. We've had Rodenbach Grand Cru, St. Bernardus, a few others that I can't remember off the top of my head. Next. Yeah, we have Delirium Red coming up next. Um, and we, we really try and support local breweries. So out of all the beers on our taps, other than the Belgian beer, there's one beer out of state right now. Which uh, is? Uh, Elysian, which oh, okay. I don't try and carry too many macro beers, but this is, but this is pretty good. So yeah, right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a pale ale made with black limes. And I also have another macro beer, but it's Bourbon County Midnight Orange. Black, la- black limes? Yes. Good Lord, that they, doesn't sound good, but... <laughs> Well, if you saw a picture of them, you would never think to eat them either. Yeah, right. Okay, so <laughs> they look like death lines. That reminds me, we we were going to talk about, um, and we're coming to the end here, but I want to jump in. You talked about pairings, mm-hmm. so let's get back to cider. Um, this cider from France, I think, would pair absolutely deliciously with anything. But I I, I think I'd prefer to pair it with some cheese and meats or some some <clears throat> charcuterie, maybe. Absolutely. Charcuterie would be yeah. wonderful. So. Typically, ciders pair very well with cow's milk cheese, hopefully unpasteurized, where you can get a little more flavor. Um, here in the United... What you got against the goats and the sheep? Nothing. <laughs> but 
um, it's just the it's just the flavor profile that that would go well with um, that type of um, cheese. Uh, blue cheese, nice high uh, funky flavor would complement the funky flavor that we're getting right here out of this uh, French cider that we've got. Um, uh, black peppercorn cheddar is uh, another cheese that you can bring the, the carbonate crystals you get in a cheddar to give you that um, component with the black peppercorns kind of playing off again the uh, funkiness that we get out of our cider that's uh, this one here and then uh, something a little softer cheese like maybe a Monterey Jack that would uh, work more more with the mouthfeel and the carbonation in the cider will kind of break down that creaminess in the cheese and uh, that would pair out well. Uh, of course, charcuterie, I, I would think any uh, nice, uh, maybe Serrano ham or something along those lines. Uh, yeah, I know Mark is yeah. very familiar with the one where the pigs eat the acorn. Acorn, yeah, yeah. Serrano ham, I get it from Spain. It's wonderful. It melts in your mouth. You don't have to chew or anything. It's, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so uh, you do... Here you can get. You obviously don't have a major food, but you can get snacks, right? So we can, can get, you do that? Yes. Um, the food that we serve here is um, prepackaged snacks. The customer themselves will open it up. Uh, also, if a customer wants to bring in a sandwich or a pizza, order a pizza, that's that's fine. Okay. We're fine with that. We don't we don't serve food, but we more than uh, we welcome it. So it sounds like uh, St. Charles is going to have not only great breweries, but it's going to have a little something different with the uh, wine and the cider. Um, is there any way that you can do collaboration with a brewery that could do like a cider beer? Yeah, it's actually called the Braggot, and uh, hey! I've, I've been playing around with that idea since we've started this. Um, as long as we have 51% of the product uh, being honey, that can be our product. And as long as the brewery has 51% of the product being beer or malt, malt, a malt beverage, that, that can, can be, be their, their product. product. So we can easily collab with a brewery um, and, and make a very unique product because you don't see a lot of braggots out there. Uh, if anyone doesn't know what a braggot is, it's basically a beer combined with a mead. Yeah, and very tasty too, very unusual. Um, I've had only one in my life and I enjoyed it. So you've got an opportunity here, guys, to go to any one of these breweries and take care of a collaboration braggot because I think that would be absolutely <laughs> freaking tremendous. I think it would be delicious as well. Uh, as far as our wines, our wines, we do have some test batches of wine. We, we did get our license late in the year. We missed the harvest, but uh, we'll be releasing uh, some small volume wines at the end of summer, early fall. And where are they going to be in the white, the red, the what? I have a... That's all I know, white and red. <laughs> I have a um, claret, if you will, which is a lighter oh. red. The Duke of Malmsey yes. died in a barrel of claret. He drowned in a barrel of claret. <laughs> Good way to Did go. Did you know that? Wow. That it took him three days to die. Because well, he had to keep going out to the bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, he did actually die in a, in a barrel of claret. So we have a... Uh, nor we, we, we got some grapes before we got our license, so I had to process the red grapes and turn them into juice, and I froze them and waited for that day to happen when we got our license. We got the license, I pulled them out of the freezer, and three days later we started fermenting them. So it's more of a... Even though it's a 
dark red grape. It's more of a rosé, dark rosé or a claret. And it, the grape is Norway. It's a French hybrid that's grown here in Illinois. We also, Sycamore, Illinois. Sycamore, Illinois. We also have a... Life offers more in Sycamore. What? Yes, it does. That's what the sign says. What does it say? The sign says life offers more in Sycamore. When you go into Sycamore, it says that. Yes. All right. And it offers grapes as well. And we, ha we have a field blend of white grapes. Um, Ni Niagara. No. no? Um, Sprint. Sprint. Swanson White and one other one that I can't remember off the top of my head. It'll come to me. That's right. You could have said anything it, and I would have said, okay. We've Prairie, Star. Prairie Star. Prairie we, Star. We've done our cold conditioning on these wines and, you know, dropped out the tartaric uh, titrates. Um, not titrates. Uh, tartaric acid. You know, we dropped that out. Uh, the red is about ready to bottle now and takes about three months uh, for it to overcome bottle shock. I still have to get some labels approved from Cola. We talked about them earlier. Yeah, oh yeah. Got to get some labels approved. Once that's happened, I can release the wine. So have you thought about bottling your cider? Uh, yes. We have already bottled some of the cherry cider. It's sitting in the bottles. I'm waiting on getting a label for that. Uh, the trick I, with the labels is to send a label in that you don't like first. They'll get rejected. Then you send the one in you like. I've had my labels approved, but and and, res, and recipes approved. Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes you get you get they want an explanation of, of one what thing. What font is this, or whatever it is? Yeah. All right. I, I'm gonna we're gonna wrap up here. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna just ask the guys, the beer guys here, quick question. Do you like ciders now, guys? Yeah, it changed my mind. I like Ed ciders. No. <laughs> no, well, okay, if I can be. More, what about the French? I like the French one too. I, if I can be this more was, specific, was, you know, the Ed ciders and the French were good, and also your first, the English one, but the California one uh, got, got me thumbs down. Yeah, okay. yeah, there we go. So I'm going to ask the sixty-four thousand dollar question, and I'm going to ask it of Mike because I know he's going to know. Where are you? What's your phone number? Uh, this is Broken Bricks Fermentation Emporium. We're located at 225 West Main Street in downtown St. Charles. You can contact us at info at homebrewshopltd.com or call, give us a call at 630-377-1338. Ed, Mike. Mike's wife. Brittany. Brittany, <laughs> Brittany. okay, came in with, with Boris. Brit, we have a Brittany. Oh, yeah, there you go. Hey, Brittany's over at DNG too. Yeah. You, okay. you guys can also follow us on Facebook Thanks, and Instagram. Our Instagram handle is brokenbricks underscore cidery. What's Instagram? <laughs> it's for the hip kids. <laughs> and with that, guys, uh, we raise our glasses. I say to Chuck, good night from me. And it's good night from him. And cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Who did not clank? There we yeah, go. Okay. If you'll pardon the expression. A wanker? No, a clanker. It's a clanker, Ed. No, the wanking is in China. <laughs> That's a big town over there, I heard. Uh, you know what I'm calling this episode, Ed? Ed's Cider House Rules. There are no rules in Ed's Cider House. I love it. Uh, we're Thanks. done now. Should I stop recording? Oh, sure. Okay. Oh my gosh. So we've got a little bonus bit on the end of here. Um, 
Because Mark, of course, having traveled across the country, stops off and brings in great beers. So Thanks, he stopped Mark. off. He's what? Thank you, Mark. Yeah, they good man. Um, he stopped off in Phoenix, Arizona, right. and he has one from the Goldwater Brewing Company. And you say that Goldwater, yeah, Barry Goldwater, presidential candidate. Yes, right. he was. Yeah. So what have you got there? Yeah. Okay. This Goldwater Pilsner, four point six percent. They have the like ten barrel brew house out there. Very nice operation. A unique uh, serving system that coming off the ceiling hanging down and where they where they where they, all the tap handles are and it looks very um, modern or whatever uh, in its own way and uh, they make a lot of good beers I tasted pretty much all of them and it, it's located downtown Scottsdale which is on the eastern side of over Phoenix and and it's right downtown where the walking area and all that kind of stuff and they have a couple of restaurants in the area you can uh, bring food in. But anyways. Mark. Yes. Stop fiddling with it and open it. I'll open it. Okay, excuse me, sir. Ah, thank you. Excellent. Yeah, so so you picked up a You picked up a big crowder of it. Um, and it's called one hundred dollar pills. Correct. One hundred okay. So this was canned on four eighteen. Now, Mark, we know that you've brought back some beers with you that have got buggered up inside the can somehow so we hope this is not going to be one of those <laughs> yeah we, we, I, I get this I get, yeah yeah I know that we, we kept this cold so it's been cold ever since I, it left the brewery so I try to do a good job and uh, and it does a good job I, I, I tasted pretty much all of their beers and they were all good but I In like one them sitting? Enough, yes I like his job. <laughs> so, uh, just to give you a little bit of history on this, the Goldwater Brewing Company, family-owned and operated, believe it or not, yeah. and uh, they have 30 years of brewing history and knowledge. Well, I don't know; it doesn't actually say when they uh, opened it up, but I'm going to assume that it was fairly uh, um, recently. But who knows? Um, they do all sorts of different beers and they've got really cool names which you would expect in phoenix things like desert rose cactus ale which i wonder if it's made from cactus that would yes, be cool. yes yeah yes there is some cactus in it and it, it's it's one of those funky things that i wasn't all excited about but it goes for the locals maybe so <laughs> so you guys are real pills experts um because obviously chuck you 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 have a pills at church street you also have yeah. a hellas and Mark, I think that you had an input onto that recipe. Well, yeah, Chuck and me we developed it together, and he he finally perfected it. So, so we that's that's the Pilsner I'd like to drink, and it has great following outside Chicago area too. Is it in Phoenix? And yes, there it, it was in Phoenix, but they drank it all. Oh. Okay, good. So, um, who's had a chance to sip this, smell it, whatever? My, Mike has got some, some facial expressions. We're going to make this really quick here. It <laughs> smells really good. I haven't sipped it yet, but I'm, I'm impressed by the aromatics there. Okay, I'm going to take a picture here. And uh, you, Mike, what, what's like, can you be more specific on? Um, like? It, it's got this fruitiness. I, so, you guys said it had cactus in it? No, is this that, one doesn't. Okay. It was what? another other beer. Okay, yeah. so this is just a straight Pilsner? Yeah, this is straight Pilsner, yes. So then is it decocted maybe? No, it, it, it isn't. It's got a really nice... No, it's not, they don't have a system Okay, that, it, no. well, 
whatever's going on, I like you it know, a lot. I talked to the brewer there for about half an hour. I get, I, I figure get, it out. Maybe I get Munich notes of straw. I get notes of strawberry in the flavor. I think sure. they got Vienna malt in here. Yeah, possibly. It's, it's, it's nice, noble hops, like clean, clean lager profile. It's, it's okay. more of a malt. And I think they three, use Vienna malt to get the color dark. Yeah. The color is well, it's not super dark, but it's. it's Vienna malt gives you that strawberry character. Yeah. That that that's where it comes from easily. But it, it, this is easy drinking, very soft pilsner to me. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you but guys. But it looks good. Look, it's got, the head holds up and the color is pretty deep. The, the head keeps rebuilding. Nice Belgian lace on the. You, uh, you know what? This, uh, this would be the perfect beer to drink at is a Cubs spring training uh, game, right? Well, a baseball game. Okay. I have to say that the, some people from Chicago went to the spring training out there and they went to exactly to this brewery to do that. And, well, I would go to spring training, but seeing that, I would rather go to a Brewers game. I mean, after all, we are Brewers. Oh, the Brewers, okay. okay so, okay, Chuck, okay. I'm going to come to you for the final summary on this little puppy because you're the pills expert. The final summary was is that um, I could definitely drink a lot of these, but what we really want to know is, is it the actual perfect pills? Now, in my opinion, uh, if I were, I, there are things I would change about this. The, the, the finish, there's a little bit, just a little bit of a... Of, of, uh, um, like a, uh, a resiny character from the hop in the finish. I mean, it's just not a lot, but it's just a little bit. I'd probably want to get rid of that. And uh, other than that, it's pretty much spot on, I would say. Um, I'm not finding it as clean and crisp as some pills. Um, and it's not as cold as I would like yeah. to drink it. I reckon if this was a little bit colder, um, How's that fridge doing, Mike? You put it in the fridge, didn't you? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. We know. Yeah, yeah right. you know, it's a little yeah. thick. It might be a little thick and sweet. You might yeah. want to back off on that a little bit. However, it's definitely drinkable. Very I don't know why. Drinkable. I don't know why they call it the one hundred dollar pills, but there must be a story behind that, and I don't know what it is. The Goldwater Brewing Company is located at uh, thirty six oh eight. North Scottsdale Road in Scottsdale, Arizona. I should correct that. It's not uh, Phoenix. No, that's why I said in the beginning, if you if you listen to me, it's a downtown Scottsdale, well, and that's where they walk in here. Yeah, it's in the where they have all the shops and stuff. People go there and park their cars and walk around, and this is one of the attractions in that area. All right. So if you're in Phoenix, go to Scottsdale. Downtown. Park Scottsdale. your car and go downtown and walk around. I think that's a great idea, and right now it's it's my favorite beer because my favorite beer in the whole world is the one that's in my hand. And with that, we're go. gonna with say, that. "All right, cheers!" And this, it's our bonus review. <laughs> Have you got a bonus? Excuse me. Pardon what? Pardon? <laughs> oh, I knew you'd say that. Britain Yankee! Britain Yankee! I'll have a pint, Yankee. Go, give us a pint. You got any tetanus? Uh, a pint, please, Bob. Give me another pint. Please, Bob.